This is This is the Common Chaos Podcast, episode forty. I'm Jaden. I'm Matt. I'm Casey. We're just a couple of everyday guys trying to become better versions of ourselves. Welcome to our conversation. <laughs> The world is chaos. Show or feel no nervousness, anger, or other strong emotion. Complete disorder or confusion. We're not only training our, you know, our defensive mindsets. We're also working, you know, in our spiritual lives and trying to make ourselves better human beings. Welcome back to the Common Chaos Podcast, episode 40. This is probably the most labored podcast that I've done so far. Bare bones, labored. I want, I want to die. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> Casey, how about you? You want to die? Do I want to die, per se? I could go for a good maiming. I feel like, I feel like I'm already dead. Yeah. So, for context... Me, Casey, and Matt just went up to Oil Creek State Park and went on a backpacking trip. Mm-hmm. We were gone for two days, one night. We did thir- 13, that's what we're I saying? I think 13 is the agreed amount, kind yeah. of an average. Pretty close. Probably About, like Between 12 and 13. 12 to 13, but let's round up. <laughs> let's okay. round up to make ourselves sound really cool and so awesome. We, we did 13 miles. What do, what do we do per day? We did... It was only it's closer to five or six the first day, and then whatever the rest is. Yeah. Okay. So like Do the math. Seven or eight or something next day. It like that thirteen miles doesn't sound like a lot in two days, but like. Well, let's let's uh let's enlighten the audience to the conditions of this walk. This <laughs> leisurely stroll through the forest. It was nor it was leisure. Uh, whatever. My brain's so broken. I'm dead. It it was not an easy stroll. No. A majority of it was up and down, up and down, but the last stretch was pretty much downhill and straight for the most part. But um, the first, the first uh, ten minutes out of the car, I guess, is where we could start. <laughs> the first ten minutes out of the car, we're hiking up like four inches of sloppy I think mud. We could probably even start before that the fact that we had to stop at Dunham's to not. To get stuff that we didn't have. Yeah. (laughs) We weren't prepared for this trip. We're never prepared for anything we do. (laughs) I I bought a a brand new pair of boots at Dunham's on the way to do this two-day hiking trip. I bought a brand new pair of boots, too, from Goodwill. I I, I bought a sleeping bag because I didn't own one. (laughs) So we, we stopped at Dunham's, and I think each of us spent around 150 bucks or 100 to 150 yeah, yeah. So mine was like 143 or something like that my boots were only 25 bucks but like all the other crap that i bought yeah and then we drove up to oil creek which is about an hour away from my house and we get to the ranger station to get a map because we don't even know where we're going really we're just like yeah this will work we'll this will be fine matt, it always is matt sent me a link like a week ago to this lady who did reviews of these Adirondack shelters. And he was like, I want to do this. So, 
we drove up there and I'm sitting at the ranger station and he's like, I think we could just start from here. And so we decided to start our hike from the ranger station. Little did we realize it was a 45 degree angle in the muddiest, sloppiest thing. <laughs> so we started out, that was probably one of the most treacherous parts of the trail that we dove into pretty much the entire trip, I would say. It was bad. Yeah, it was sloppy. And it was like a full 10 minutes straight uphill in slop. Mm-hmm. So then after a mile in, I realized that the sole was falling off my shoes. <laughs> So Matt's Matt's shoes start falling apart. Yeah, I'd say that was that was quite enlightening. Yeah. Immediately yeah. socks full of water. I did the same so my brand new boots, I stepped in a puddle and they got my socks soaked. And I was like, Oh, okay, I guess they're not waterproof. I was the only one with nice dry feet. Yeah. My my feet were soaked for two days. Alright, just as a little sidetrack here. I I looked up the weather forecast, at least for today, for around Oil City. What do you think the feels like temperature is? Twenty. Really, really cold. Maybe lower. not twenty. It's lower, lower. than twenty. Yeah. <laughs> what were we hiking in? I don't know. What do, you, what do you think it is? Give me another, Matt. What do you think it is? The feels temperature. Yeah, the feels temperature. I was gonna say like twenty-five. Nope. What is it? Are you guys 12. ready? Negative three. <laughs> the real feel is negative three. Yeah. At Oil City, so okay. I mean, we we're pretty close to that. To enlighten everyone. We hiked from 9 a.m. to 1 today. We were like, what, a couple miles out of Oil City? Yeah. So that's yeah. pretty. And accurate. by like a river. Yeah. So uh, I guess we. Dude, it didn't feel like negative three. I think it's because our blood was pumping. And yeah. Stuff. Yeah, we didn't really stop. I don't know what yesterday's was because it won't show me the day before. And so, so we, we, we hiked, what, would we say five miles the first day? Mm-hmm. About? Something around there. So we hike about five miles the first day, and it is rough. Like, we get. 20 minutes into this hike and I'm so to, to mention we all have about 30 to 40 pounds on our back yeah. in our backpacks and so we get we get about 20 minutes into this hike and I'm like I don't think I can do this <laughs> I, and, we, and we were all thinking that none of us said anything no, no to one each other. verbalized it. we all had different body parts that were just burning at that point I, we're all grossly out of shape yeah like none of us have done anything like that in a long time and so we get 20 minutes in, and I'm like, I, I can't do this. I can't do it. I'm and thinking, then, what did I get myself into? <laughs> and my right calf started, like, getting real tight to the point where I thought, if I misstep, I'm going to pull a muscle, and I'm not going to be able to get out of here. And so I'm, I'm like, worrying about that all day. In retrospect, the cold probably had something to do with that. I didn't probably. realize it was that cold. So what was the real temperature? I don't know. Huh. I'm looking for the well, it's snowing now, day. so. Yeah, we got out of there just in the nick of time. Yeah, right when we got back to the truck, it stopped snowing. But so the first day, where we hike, 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 five miles to our campsite. And. The one we totally reserved. Yeah, right. So, <laughs> so, so Matt tried the night before tried to reserve this spot in which i shelters. shouldn't have been doing the night before too i mean you're like you're supposed to give like a three days notice or something like that yeah so he's trying to do it online the website just messes up and matt can't do it online doesn't work so he gives up 
And then on our way... Well, I'm thinking, who else... Uh, what are the odds? Do we really have to reserve this thing? Because who else is really crazy enough to camp in 20-degree weather? And why would anybody want to put themselves through that misery? So I'm thinking, all right, the odds are pretty much in our favor. We'll be all right. But I'll book it just in case. Then I couldn't get it to book. I'm like, whatever. We'll be fine. And then on our way to Oil City, we called the park ranger like office. They're not open on Saturdays. So we don't get an answer. Then we get into the woods. We hike this five miles. We all are like feel like death. We feel like we're gonna die. <laughs> Darkness is approaching. Like it is. Darkness a, was approaching. It was <laughs> getting pretty close. It was like four thirty, almost five o'clock. Yeah. And it got pitch black at five thirty. And so we're we're walking into where the shelters are after thinking we're gonna die all day. And we smoke campfires. And I smoke campfires, and I was like, "Oh, okay, someone's here. Like we're close. Sweet." We get up there. There are probably seven shelters. There is someone in every single <laughs> shelter. And it's starting to get dark. And we're like five miles away from the car. And we're like, well, we can't go back. So like, we have to either snuggle up with someone or we're right, sleeping in the right. woodshed. So then I, I took my backpack off and I started walking around. And I realized it's probably like a Boy Scout troop. Right, yeah, it was about that time. It was a bunch of kids. Jaden split from the group at this point. Me and Matt were together, and uh, we had a short, very brief, awkward conversation with some people that walked past. Very standoffish, like, well, you guys just heading out. <laughs> now, nah, man, we just got here. <laughs> and they gave us a look, like, as Matt put it last night, they knew something that we didn't. Yeah. <laughs> so I come back to Casey and Matt, and I am like, hey, there's one shelter. There was one shelter with no one in it. The let's, best shelter on the mountain. Let's let's get in it before anyone else gets here. <laughs> and then let's tell them if someone does get here, well, we booked it. We They must have double booked us. Like, I, I, do right. you want to snuggle? Yeah. Like, what do you want to do? Just and, a little bit of casual lying. It's fine. So <laughs> we realized that it's like a Boy Scout troop. And <laughs> I, I'm trying to build the fire. And this grown man walks down to me while I'm trying to build the fire. And he goes, oh, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, and then just walks away. <laughs> I, at that moment, I realized, oh, we're not supposed to be here. No. Like, they reserved this whole thing. And then Matt, went, what did you go do? You went to I go went do to something. see if the, if the water was working. And I'm, and I'm walking up to the water. The, um, I'm walking up to the water spigot. To see, they probably they shut it off for the winter, but I was trying to get it to turn on. And as I'm trying to get it to turn on, I look up up the trail, like up this road, and here comes this DNR truck, like hauling down to the shed. Like he looks like he's on a mission. And I'm like, oh no, do I do I run back to the shed, pack up our stuff and run, or do I just play it cool? Because our plan at this point was to, if anyone comes to take the shelter, we tell them. The, the DNR must have double booked it. Like, sorry. And then, as soon as we all saw the DNR officer, it was like, "What do we tell them?" <laughs> I never saw the DNR officer. Casey was in the shelter, uh, but so I, I was ready. So Matt sees that. So he gets out of the truck and uh, he sees me like fiddling around with this stupid water thing. <laughs> I'm like, um, "Hey, how's it going, sir?" He's like, "Good." I'm like, "Hey, did you guys uh, shut off the water for the winter?" And he's like, well, "I mean, yeah. Otherwise, it'd be a big block of ice." <laughs> So, and then I just acted like I was taking a dump in the bathroom <laughs> because I didn't want any confrontation. I figured I'd let Jane and Casey deal with so it. So this dude, 
I'm me and Jaden have very two different philosophies when it comes to confrontation. <laughs> let me tell you, Casey. Casey wanted to fight someone. I didn't want to fight. I just figured, you know, standoffish, stand your ground was going to be the best way to go. And my was to tell half truths. That was my yeah. idea of. Like, Jane wanted you know, to use the silver tongue, and I just wanted to stonewall. Nobody was considering telling the truth and saying we're sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we're we are. I'm standing outside the shelter with my little hatchet, and I'm trying to chop chunks off of logs to make kindling so that we can actually get this fire started. And I see this DNR officer chucking it down. Like, he is booking down the hill. And I was like, oh, crap. Like, it's over. We're screwed. And then he looks at me, and he just kind of, like, stared at me for a second, and then he goes, how you doing? And I went, good, how are you? And he kept walking. (laughs) And I looked at Casey, and I went, DNR, we're screwed. It's over. I don't remember what I did. I think I just laid back down at that point. Yeah, you did. <laughs> but no one said anything. Right. And we just camped. But so this this shelter, it's like it's like a ang- it's like a 45 angle. It, it's kind of like a lean-to with a little bit more to it. If yeah. you know what a lean-to is. It's called an Adirondack shelter. And it had a fireplace, which was nice, but it was open on both sides. Yeah, it's like a big lean-to with a with a what a, like a fireplace, like a chimney. Yeah, yeah. Because it's like open on a third wall where the chimney would be, or the fourth wall rather, where the chimney would be. Mm-hmm. But then three walls, you know. And so, so you built you build the fire in the in the little fireplace that's there, and it's supposed to like warm your shelter. It's and supposed I, to. I started looking around, and everyone else that was there had tarps. <laughs> they had tarps that were covering where that fourth wall is supposed to be. And I was like, oh, that's definitely trapping their heat in. And then we were like, well, as long as we keep the fire going, we'll be good. So we're, we're sitting there. That'll come back to haunt us later. <laughs> and mind you, it gets dark at 530, like pitch black dark. So we have 530 till like 8 or 9 to just sit there. And so we're, I think we passed time pretty all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we did. We're, we're sitting there chilling, just hanging out. And then we decide, okay, time to go to sleep. We ate dinner. Okay, uh, I've, yeah, let's discuss our dinners okay. real quick. Uh, I I went to Walmart and I bought these like pre-made dinners. I had a uh, chicken fried rice. Chicken fried rice, so good. Like totally recommend. It was nine bucks, but worth it. Matt, what'd you have? <laughs> Steak and potatoes, Campbell's soup. I hauled in about three cans of soup and I ate two, but I didn't realize that it had mushrooms in it, and I hate mushrooms. So I had to pick through and just eat the steak and potatoes, and then Jaden ate the broth. Dude, I thought, like, broth is good. I was like, oh, yeah, I'll drink the broth. I started drinking it. That stuff made me sick. No, yeah, that stuff's gross. It was nasty. It was so bad. But, I mean, it was it was filling. I don't know. It was good, I, I guess. How, how was your dinner, Casey? <laughs> oh, my dinner. <laughs> my dinner was good. I, you guys are making fun of me a lot, but I was fine with it. I wouldn't have brought it if I wasn't fine with it. But I brought what's called hardtack. Some of you probably know what that is. Some of you don't. Those of you that don't, I suggest looking it up just to see what it is. But basically, it's, uh, you know. A cracker. It's a big, big, really big and hard cracker that, you <laughs> will last 20 years. It'll last, it'll last actually, like, indefinitely as long as it's held, <laughs> you know, properly. It's not food. It is food. It's flour and water. Yeah, it's high in calorie. <laughs> low, in, low in dietary intake, though. <laughs> and so that's what Casey brought to eat. My heart attack that I ate last night was two years old. <laughs> I mean, I looked at my uh, chicken fried rice. It's It was best sell-by 2051. I was like, oh, cow. That's crazy. But Ka- Casey, Casey had hard tech. Me I had and, some beef jerky, too. So, like, I mean, come on, guys. Me, me and Matt were crazy. chowing down on some real dinners. 
and so we decide it's time to go to sleep and we're well, sleep- I think I think the one thing last one last note on the food thing okay. is that you guys had to sit down and prepare your meal. I whipped out that slab of hardtack in just you know twenty thirty minutes, and then I was you know full. You we had, had to prepare, but it was good. <laughs> Mine wasn't bad. I was nourished. <laughs> I felt nourished this whole trip, except well, we'll get there. Okay, so so uh, we, we decided it's time to go to sleep, and. We just kind of lay down. We had our feet to the fire and our heads to the back of the shelter. We were like, yeah, this is the move. And we, were, we all fall asleep. And then me personally, I probably woke up around one. Okay. And I'm just awake, shivering. <laughs> the fire had gone out and no one had added logs to it because we were all asleep and we just like forgot. Well, you know, I woke up at like 10 briefly and I heard it just like cracking. I was like, Somebody will get that. No. <laughs> Nobody got it. The fire goes out. None of us wanted to get out because we didn't want to be cold. Yeah. But it made things even colder because none of us wanted to get out. So, so I'm, I'm awake at Motivated around. Motivated group we are. I'm awake at what I think it was around one. And I think I was awake for around two hours just laying there shivering. And I, I just was like, I can't get up. I can't do it. If I get up, I'm going to die. Like it's not going to be. It's not going to be okay. And so I would hear Matt or Casey make like a noise in their sleep that sounded like maybe they're awake or they would toss and turn. I was like, okay, maybe they're awake. And then I would just say, man, I'm so cold. And I would wait for one of them to answer. (laughs) They did not answer for the first two hours. (laughs) And then finally, like, I'm not even joking. I probably said, man, I'm so cold 30 times. And so the, I say it this one time and Matt goes, dude, I know I'm freezing. And I was like, all right, let's make a fire. Because if I knew if someone else was up with me, it's okay. I'll I just thought for sure there would be like some type of coal or something that was still smoldering. Nothing completely dry. It was so nothing. cold that like all of the coals were just frozen. <laughs> and so we get up, we make a fire. Those two get up. Casey laid there for Still a while, snoring. and then he wakes up from us trying to like chop the wood to make him. I like got up like really abruptly, like shot up. We had to wake everybody like, else up. Yeah, and so then we make the fire, and Casey went to go get more firewood and take a number two, but and go to the bathroom. That's besides the point. So so Casey goes to get more firewood. Me and Matt are sitting by the fire, and Matt is like turned sideways not really looking at the openings in the fireplace and I'm looking at Matt and the fire and outside it's pitch black we're in the middle of the forest there is no light anywhere and I could have sworn I watched Casey run from behind our fireplace to the side of the shelter just to like mess with us and I was like ah yeah look I just saw Casey he's back and Matt was like what what do you mean and he was scared he thought I was messing with him but I swear on my life I saw Casey (laughs) So meanwhile, I was like stumbling through the dark with my, my red headlight on, and it was like spooky a little bit because like yeah, there was yeah. like fla- like it was like howling windy, and like visibility was really low. I don't know if it was like foggy or if it was like from the smoke. I thought it was fog, yeah, more or less. But there was like wasn't like, from man. our smoke, <laughs> not us. I was like, man, it's really dark. I hope something doesn't happen. Nothing did happen, but yeah. Um, but so then Matt's freaking out because I said I saw Casey, but he doesn't think Casey's there. And then I saw Casey's head peek around the side of the shelter and then peek back. And I was like, I was like, yeah, Casey's right there. Like, don't even worry about it. And then Casey comes back five minutes later with wood in his arms. And I was like, oh, that wasn't Casey. 
I'm I'm seeing things. I'm gonna go crazy. I'm the gonna. Boy die. Scouts came around, was messing with you guys. He could have. Like I saw something. But so then we we got the fire started. Hmm, I and wonder we, why it was so quiet in the woods. Maybe they were all hiding from something. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was Sasquatch. He was seeing what his best meal was, and he decided we were all too fat. Um, but so we got the fire started. Me and Matt flipped around and put our heads to the fire. That was the move. Yeah, and Casey uh, stayed the other way. And we slept yep. for another two hours. And then we woke up, woke and it up. was what eight. Yep. I think it was. Yeah, right. it took quite a while for us to get that fire started. Yeah. We maybe got another three hours of sleep, I guess, after that. I, think, I slept so good after that. I think total, I might have gotten six. Yeah. <clears throat> but when we wake up. And it's breakfast time. Casey starts eating hardtack. And then... Hardtack with hot chocolate. Yeah, I brought hot chocolate. Actually, it'd probably be pretty good. It was really good, actually. It was nice and soft after that. I, You know, like I said, definitely a big move. So we had, we had a hard... solid hot chocolate for breakfast. It was mm-hmm. good. It was it was the, definitely... I'm the only one who actually ate a breakfast. And you guys are telling yeah. me malnourished. That's true. I had I, mix. I had, I had trail mix, but I have like a another bag of food that I had for breakfast, but I didn't want to waste the water because we thought there was going to be water at this camp where we could refill our, our stuff. But we couldn't. So I didn't think that. I just planned poorly. <laughs> I, I thought I was going to be able to refill. I knew very little going into this. Jaden sent me a link like the day before, and well, that was because I got to back to him the, the day before, and he sent me a link. I clicked on it, saw the picture, like, oh, that'll be cool, and then I closed off of it. Yeah. So, so then we, we wake up, have our breakfast or whatever, and we, our plan was get out as soon as possible before all the Boy Scouts actually wake up so that if someone is going to yell at us, we're already gone because our name isn't on the shelter, <laughs> like nothing. We're, we're, we're dipping. So we start our journey, and it was pretty easy because we just backtracked. Yeah. And then we found this one, like, turnoff that we wanted to go on so that it was a slight hiking trail and then it connects with a bike trail and then it goes back into a hiking trail. That was the that was my worst part of the whole trip. Yeah, that was brutal. It was very oh. steep. Like yep. it couldn't have been any steeper. And we and not be like climbing on all fours. And we woke up sore. <laughs> so like we're already sore. Yeah, we woke up like a bunch of you know geriatrics who just got off like shuffleboard or something. Yeah, dude. The, like the amount of moans that have come out of us this week just for being sore this weekend, just for being sore. But so this this part, it's probably I would say about a mile, half mile. Somewhere I'd say in it's there. probably closer to the mile end, just from like the turn off down to the bridge. Yeah. So it's a mile, half mile of steep uphill, and. Then we, oh, oh, probably half mile, just the uphill. It's half right. mile uphill, and then like down and ups. Yeah. And then we get to the bike trail, and there's a there's a bench down there. Hey, so. I, I mean, it, when we did the down and ups, though, it ended up kind of being worth it because we got one of the most scenic things yeah, we saw. That's yeah. true. There was uh, an overlook over uh, what Oil Creek or whatever. Yeah, it, it was pretty good. It still sucked. I hated it. <laughs> the, the scenic view was okay. It wasn't like anything crazy. I I was so sore and tired at that point. I was ready to die. Yeah. So then we we get down to the the bike trail and there's a little picnic bench. We take a break. We met some some new friends. Well, the, before the new friends, there's a lady that came and she was just like on her morning jog, and we're sitting here like we're gonna die, <laughs> and she's just like, "You guys sleep in the shelters last night?" And we were like, "Yeah." And she goes, "How was it?" She knew. She knew. <laughs> 
She knew that it was freezing. She saw the look on our face, and she then knew. She said, most people uh, have tarps. And we were like, yeah, we didn't. <laughs> and so then she, we talked to her. She leaves. And then these two dudes in, like, full hunting gear, pretty much. Like, decked out in orange. But they were hiking. They come over. And they're like, oh, what, what you guys, did you guys sleep up on Cow Run tonight? Or last night? And we were like, yeah. They're like, oh, we did that two days ago. And we made the whole loop. We did 15 miles yesterday. And we were like, oh, uh, okay. Uh, we did five. <laughs> did good guys. These guys were like decked out. They had like those double walking sticks. And they were perfect posture just yeah. hauling across this bridge. Yeah. You blink and they were from one side to the other, you know. And they, Real they, hikers. Like, to, to them, they were just like, oh, yeah, we did our 15. And to us, we were like, 15? Yeah. We barely did five. But I, I think they cheated. Yeah. I don't know about you guys. This was a hot debate. I, I think they cheated. I think they were walking on the bike trail for 15 miles. I don't think they were actually hiking the woods for 15 miles. I don't either. I think they smoked us and we're just coping. Casey thinks they did it. I don't think they did it. Well, think about how well we did on the second day, right? It's true. Like, how many miles did we do second day total? Eight-ish. Okay, and we're inexperienced. And if they were going the whole day from, like, you know, sunrise to sundown, you could do 15 miles, especially if you've got those walking poker sticks. Yeah, they, they were decked out. I don't know. I couldn't do 15 miles as of yesterday and today. Right. I'm and I've just, just now learned that. These guys very obviously do this all the time. Yeah. And they, they did the full loop. Like, they did everything. Which, what is it total? Do you know? No, I don't. It's long. Yeah. It's pretty lengthy. Um, <clears throat> What happened next? Across the bridge. It's pretty... It's pretty eventless after that. Well, we saw that waterfall. Oh, that. yeah. The waterfall was neat. Waterfall So, so we... we so we hiked across the bridge because there's only like three places on this whole park to cross the river mm-hmm. and or a creek, whatever it is. And you have to backtrack or hike an extra four miles to actually get across the river. And that's what really sucked about it. But we get across the bridge and then we start hiking and it's pretty flat. And then it started going uphill again. And the uphills just, I don't know about you guys, they were killing me. Yeah. My quads were about to fail. I can feel my headphones coming out of my back. (laughs) (laughs) And just keep in mind, everyone listening, we have about 40 pounds on our backs. Yeah. Like, this isn't just... Well, one of us had 40 pounds on their back. I had 40 pounds on my back. I had 30 because we actually packed correctly. I packed... Well, I wouldn't say I packed correctly. I probably had like 25 pounds, 20 pounds. I packed correctly. I just overpacked because I knew you weren't going to pack things. I only pack what I need. I had a med kit. I had a bunch of stuff to start fires. I don't need that. Yeah, you don't need a med kit until you need a med kit. I didn't need it, did I? I did. I had to wrap my toe. What did you say earlier, Casey? There's there's only an emergency. An emergency is only an emergency when it actually happens. Right. Yeah, but what if the emergency happens and you don't have anything to do about it? Did it happen? Casey had two tourniquets. I did. Yeah, we overpacked. Did, did you use them? We overpacked so you nope. can underpack. Nah, no, it's fine. Like I'm, I'm, you know, if you have stuff and you don't use it, you're just an idiot until you use it. Sure. So well, who was the idiot? This same time? theory with a gun. Yeah. All three of us had our guns. Concealed carry. Yeah. <laughs> but so like, it's 
you're only dumb until it helps. Yeah, I guess so. Wasn't dumb this time. Um. So what 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 happened? We <clears throat> that's it. We just pretty much saw that waterfall. Waterfall is really pretty. Yeah. Um. We saw the uh, the old oil well things, which yeah. was kind of cool because the day before we saw from the other side of the creek, yeah. from like the top of the mountain. Well, mountain hill. There was a hot debate on definitions. Not a debate. It's the fact. Okay. Yeah. Fact. Fact. It's the uh, fact. Well, <laughs> you know what I mean. Anyways. This big ridge. Yeah, there you go. And we could see these oil wells and stuff from the other side. We're like, oh, that's cool. And then the next day when we did all this hiking back past the uh, waterfall, we got to actually go down there and see where we were staring from. The entire premise of the park is like a big loop around this creek. So it's cool you like hike up one side and after you cross the creek, then you come down the other side and you get to see all this stuff that you were looking at from the other peak of the valley. I guess in a sense. Yeah, it's it's a pretty park. It's <clears> not <throat> as scenic as I would think. The yeah. river is really cool, but the first half of the journey, we didn't even see the river. Yeah. The advantage is the shelters. Yeah. I think. Because where else can you go around here that has fireplace and the shelters like that to like camp in the wintertime? It would be really sweet to be out there right now in the snow. Yeah, yeah it would actually. It would be cool. It would be miserable. It'd be it'd cool, be cool if we drove to a spot and then just walked out to a scenic overlook. That's just not. No, you see, here's. I, I think it'd be better if we like if we walked out to it, but we were all like, you know, not as beginnerish as we are. Mm-hmm. Like if you had, if like if we all like did hiking and walking a lot more. Yeah. Walking in weather like this would probably be like, oh man, this is cool. Yeah. Yeah. I do. I don't know. I'm. I get so miserable in the snow. I'm not about it. You gotta, you I mean, gotta have the it. right gear and stuff. Yeah, the, thing. the the boots that I bought would not be good in the snow. No, they they're not waterproof. Oh, so I'd have to get another pair of boots. You gotta have the right gear, otherwise you'll be miserable. Mm-hmm. That's with. I mean, I think that is with camping more than anything. If you if you have the wrong gear, then you're gonna hate the experience because it's just gonna make things so hard. Is it different gear for different people though? Because I mean, we all true. we all packed the same thing, air quotes on that. Uh-huh. But we all kind of took different philosophies at it. That's true. Oh, okay. So, so me and Matt, I've had a sleep mat. I made Matt buy a sleep mat Thank in you. case he didn't have one. No. So, how was your sleep? My sleep was fine. Casey doesn't care about anything. It's weird. That's not totally true, but like I mean, <laughs> it's only like... mostly true. Because uh, like but... it, it was hard wood. And cold wood. (laughs) I have experience just sleeping on like floors and stuff and like awkward positions. So like it was just like, oh, this will probably be like a wood shelter, like it was. It's like I can sleep on wood. I I don't need a fifty dollar mat. And you slept on your side. I was sleeping on my side. Actually, the mo the best sleep I got was I found I was actually started sleeping face down. Yeah. (laughs) Well, is that because of the wind that was coming in? Yes. My my nose. I woke up at ten because my nose was cold. Then I was like, my face was freezing from the breeze. The breeze that was uh, just whipping through uh, number six because, as it turned out, we found out why no one was in it. Was in the one we were in is because it had holes all through it that we didn't realize until the next morning. Yeah, so back where we put our heads, the whole thing was full of holes where the breeze could come through and get you cold. And I don't think it was supposed to be like that. No. Um, but but we started kind of the end journey home, and for some reason, me and Matt hadn't eaten. And it's getting around 11 o'clock. Then we started talking about pizza. Casey had heart attack, and we started talking about pizza. <laughs> oh, Creepy, man. Greasy, sloppy pizza. Pizza. 
So we the home like the home stretch we killed it. Our pace was really good. As soon as we started putting our def our, our destination on a pizza place, yeah. we started. Hoping. Yeah, it was like once we were like pizza's the way to go. Yeah. But now now's now's how we're doing it. We probably got like four miles in two hours. It's, it's we fast. did haul. Yeah. We did haul. Well for us that for was us, haul. that's a haul. Like but normal people are like, That's really slow. Normal hikers. Yeah. I was dying, but we, we did it quick. And so I kept falling behind because my hips just felt like Yeah. Nothing. Like dust. Dude, I dude, I thought I genuinely thought I was gonna pull a muscle in my calf. But anyways, either way, we all just you know didn't say anything and muscled through it. Yeah, well, there like was a men. solid hour where I'm not sure we spoke. Yeah, it was just yeah. survive and get to the truck. It was uh, just me and Jaden lagging back while Matt ran ahead and that stops. Was, that was running. I wanted pizza, dude. Like your pace was running. It's easier for me. I think <clears throat> honestly, what I think that comes from is from uh, wrestling, because we would never like walk or anything like that it was either like a jog or a sprint because it's easier on your body to jog than it is to walk like especially like whenever you're um like whenever your body's like tired because you have the momentum you mm-hmm. just keep yeah, moving I see, I see. but you can't like i and i think it's because you're short okay. my center of gravity is in a different location than you and I can't go as fast as you, or I will fall face first. Yeah, yeah. I think that 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 is. Plays I think it has to it. do with my my the way my pack is structured because I was the only one that has like a traditional like backpacking backpack. Yeah, I think that helps too. That my I think that's why my shoulders hurt so See, bad. Again, yeah. it comes kind of down to the uh, the philosophy thing. Like, I didn't think about this now until you mentioned like why you were doing that because of wrestling. And it's like that makes sense now. Mm-hmm. And in my mind, it was more like a steady pace is the way to go you know that way you're not burnt out at the beginning or the end whatever i mean we still ended up all being burnt out so it didn't really matter my my philosophy is very different it's start out morbidly slow then stretch then get a little bit faster but still very slow and then escalate it but matt's like oh let's just go do you think we ever followed that philosophy we did not but if we we should have i'd like to do that next time like be more structured yeah because i I think because i think that's why my muscles hurt so bad I did not stretch the first day. I didn't. I wasn't ready to hike what we hiked. We didn't take it seriously at all. Uh-uh. But we Which, did it. That's sick. Yeah. The consequences of thine own actions. Yeah. But that's all I. That's all I wanted out of that. Like that. I just my goal for this trip was to get out into nature because it's something that I felt like would be refreshing to leave my phone in the car like. Jaden brought his phone, shut it off, but, like, he brought his phone. But, like, uh, the purpose of this trip wasn't just for me to, like, go, like, see scenery and, like, walk around and, like, camp. Like, the purpose of this is to, like, get away and connect more with nature back to, like, our roots and by, like, taking your phone with you and things like that. Like, yeah, there's an element of safety, so, like, that's why Jaden brought his phone for all of us. But, but it was in my backpack. It, would, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't have worked. Yeah, as it turns out, it wouldn't have worked. It was frozen. Yeah. <laughs> As soon as I turned it back on at the waterfall, it like would not function. Right, <laughs> but like he had the... a phone that didn't work, and me and Matt were like, "Safety's not a problem. Who needs that?" <laughs> but the but purpose for me is like, you carry your phone with you every day, everywhere you go, and like that's something that ties you back to um, your responsibility and like your 
like just the psychology around like being connected and whenever you leave that behind something that's always in your pocket if it isn't there anymore it just puts you in a different mindset to not be distracted by anything and that's why like whenever i used to go like church camp like camp man wagon stuff like you weren't allowed to have your phone it's fantastic yeah it is it's really really nice so like every time you like you have like a an awkward moment or something like whenever you were looking to see if anybody was in that other um, lean-to. Like, I'd, like, pull out my phone and, like, do something on my phone, but I didn't have that, so, like, I You just, were just watching me. Yeah, yeah, I just, like, relaxed and just... There were a couple around. times Casey, like, reached her his phone and was like, it's not there. And it's nice. Yeah, it's it's just, free. Yeah, it's just a, you know, like, common thing. to Not even, like, pull my phone out. Just be like... A lot of times when I'm at work, I, like, pat down my pockets to make sure I have everything. Yeah. So, like, I didn't lose it or anything. Mm -hmm. And I pat down. I was like, where's my phone? I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. And it was actually a very cool, like, freeing kind of thing. It's like, really separated the trip from real life. Yeah. It was like, yeah, everything back here in our normal lives exists, but it doesn't matter right now. Right. We're completely And there's separate. no way to make it matter. Yeah, there's either. no way to even consider, other than walking back to the truck to turn on my phone right. to send a Snapchat or whatever it is. And that's, you know, completely implausible when you're three miles in, of course. Yeah. Right. So it was just like a different... You know, you're disconnected, which was miserable in some some ways because, you know, we did this in the cold. We did, you know, all this stuff. It wasn't ideal conditions. We didn't take it seriously. But part of that misery, at least for me, was like decompressing, you know. It was yeah. Like, mm -hmm. It's like these are different kinds of miseries than you experience in your daily life. Misery right. makes the best memories. Hmm. Which in a sense, like you said, is like liberating because you have no – you almost have a desire, like constantly throughout the day, I have a desire to connect with like my phone and make sure I don't have any messages, missed calls, things like that. But like whenever you don't even have the temptation or the accessibility to even connect with that side of things, and you can just completely disconnect. It's, I don't know, really, really cool to me. I agree. Which is why, like I said, kind of why I wanted to just go on the trip and not even have access to any of those types of things because I think it's important like we talked about while we were hiking, I think it's important to like have that refresher every now and then because like nature is natural to us and like that's where we started and like that is where our roots are at. And in order to like get back to almost like the ancient version of yourself or like connect with that side of things, I think you really can't do that unless you totally disconnect. Mm -hmm. And like the reason for me, like we talked about, that is like refreshing in a sense is because that is what we are designed for and like what humans are um that's what comes natural to us to be in nature and not have the connections to any of those things that are like man-made and but to, it feels real good to be back in my room yeah it does <laughs> but like it's it's refreshing in a sense to like go back to your roots you know mm -hmm. i don't know how Homecoming, else to explain yeah, that it's just like this is where so many generations of your people before you no matter no matter what you know race creed culture whatever everybody kind of started in the same place mm -hmm. in the wild we all started you know before the before we had things like the bronze age and the agriculture revolution it was you the know, wild it was the wild yeah mm -hmm. no matter who you are that's where you came from it's kind of it, it's it's not only liberating but when you kind of think about it, it kind of kind of unites everybody in like a common mm. background i didn't think about that until just now That's when a good you time. think about it it's like you know it, it like i said race creed called doesn't matter you all started in the same place yeah mm -hmm. i think one of the things that for me was the most disconnecting 
was time. We, we like Casey had a watch. That was our only way to tell time. Mm-hmm. And so like I couldn't sit there and check my watch because if I was checking my watch all day, it would have been way more miserable. And that's just my, how my brain works. If like if I can know what time it is at all times, it makes it suck. Right, right. But having Casey was the only one that could tell the time. We would hike a big chunk of the trip, and then I would go, "What time is it, Casey?" And it had only been like thirty minutes. And I was like, "Dang, we made good time. Let's go." <laughs> and then by the by the end of it, well, we started hiking at nine this morning. Got out at a little one. bit after. It was more like nine ten. Nine ten. Ten minutes. Got out at like one. So we did yeah. what? Eight miles in how many hours? Five. Well, we got it was more like four hours and 40 minutes or so. That's that like that. I would have never thought compared that, to our pace the first day. That's, that's that really is good. Leagues better. But I would have never thought that it was only that short of a time. Right. Like, I right. would have thought it was like 4 p.m. by the time we got out of there. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too, actually. And it was only like one. It didn't help that we didn't have the sun either days because you yeah. could just look up and be like, oh, it's like midday or whatever. Super overcast it was and just, cloudy. Ter- yeah, terribly overcast. I would just want to, in order to, if I could change anything about the trip, it would probably be the location because a lot of the places that we hiked, part of getting away, like I said, is giving up in essence of safety for freedom and disconnectivity and as you're hiking and constantly passing yeah power lines gas lines um past a couple roads honestly yeah hearing cars and stuff like that like that's just something that like almost like ruins it It, yeah take take it out of it yeah the one thing i did like about it we kind of talked about how it wasn't the most scenic thing like there was some good overlooks or whatever but they were it was nothing crazy nothing Mm -hmm. out of the ordinary what I did, honestly, in retrospect, what I do like is how rough the terrain was. It was rough. Because that's not something that we would have, at least for, I would think that none of us would like, oh, yeah, this hiking trail is rough terrain with nothing else. Let's do that. I would have, no. And then we ended up doing just that. Yeah. I Like, I know when Matt pitched the idea to me, he was like, I don't want an easy hike. I want, to, I want it to be difficult. I was like, okay, cool. But I didn't think it was going to be as difficult as right, it was. Right. Some of those hills, I thought I wasn't going to make it up and I was going to have to turn around. Like, Still, I don't think it was as bad as that place we went up to the National Forest as far I, as difficulty. Maybe it's But that one was much shorter. It was shorter and I didn't have a pack. Yeah. Yeah, 40 it pounds It was a lot back colder a with more difference. snow, but it, I mean, I think I think the packs are kind of, like we were actually backpacking today, not it, just it was going rough. to walk around a trail for a little bit. I, I think the hardest part of the whole thing wasn't the hills. It was having 40 pounds on my back. It it changed the whole experience. It made it so much more difficult. Yep. But it was so it was more rewarding because once I got to get back to the truck and take the pack off, it was like you're good. You did it. Yeah, it was it was nice. I think I think next on our list needs to be Dolly Sods or Spruce Knob. Yes. Yes. Do- Dolly Sods is you've already done Dolly Sods, Matt. It's awesome. It's crazy. Like it's completely disconnected. It's hundreds of yeah. miles of wilderness and they actually there's like signs everywhere that it's like if you go past this point it's on you mm-hmm. like no one is coming to save you you better have a sat phone like you be, this is on you and spruce knob Welcome is the, the highest jungle boys <laughs> Spru- that so that dolly sods is just like a park I mean, it's just huge and like planes can't fly over like things aren't there other than wilderness and then spruce knob is another is the highest point in west virginia and I've done the whole mountain from bottom to top in, I did it in two days. 
But the, I think the average is like three days. I think I really like the idea of Dolly's Hot. We kind of talked about this on the hike a little bit was how Matt was saying, like, it's a, like a nature preserve or whatever, and there's like nothing there. And it's like the light pollution. Just like mm-hmm. there would be very, so little. Like, I want to see, my luck, I'd go to be like crap cloudy and rainy and stuff. Yeah. But I like really just want to see like the stars. The trip out to Dolly Sods, you start to realize how far out you're getting. Yeah. It starts to get a little bit eerie. Yeah. You're like in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Like, if you fall and you break an ankle or something, like, you're done. <laughs> you're literally done. Welcome to being barefoot. Yeah, so and you're, you probably like how many people die there? Like there, there is a statistic that like there is a good bit of people that die, and really because Dolly Sods has a That's lot exciting. of rattlesnakes. Mm-hmm. So you get bit by a rattlesnake, you're done, or stung by a bee. Well, for you, yeah, stung by a bee, which is a serious concern. Like I get stung by a bee whenever I'm like five miles back in the woods. Did you even? Well, I guess it's cold. I so did. No I did bring my epipen. You did okay. Yes, but there's just there's something about carrying everything on your back that you need for survival that is really neat and that is your home like we talked about like um what, what's it called people that travel what, what are they called nomads. Nomads. yeah nomads like that that is a, a crazy <laughs> thought for me that people because like at, at the end of the day we're just like on a vacation we're just on a trip and then we go back home but for people that that is their lifestyle i have a tremendous amount of respect for because there's never really a place that you call home. And if you don't have a place to call home, then you're really just one with the earth. In a sense. Which is you know sweet. I mean? It's funny yeah. because people like to say, like, this is a very common phrase, like, home is where the heart is. But, like, a nomadic person kind of really, like, embodies that. Yes. Uh-huh. Because home is legitimately wherever they call it. Yeah. It's very interesting. Have you ever seen people that, like, actually live on, a like, their boat? No, dude. Like I've seen that before. There are these people that just like their boat is their home. It's the same as van life, but the, yeah. their their boat is their home, and they just go up and down locks and levees and just travel on their boat. That's and cool. that that's crazy. Like maybe it's because I didn't grow up around boats as much, but to live on a boat doesn't seem as feasible as living in a van. Yeah, but I guess in a boat you could take showers way easier and be yeah, clean. Boats are like little houses, but in the winter you're kind of screwed. It depends yeah. on where you're boating. That's true. I guess you would make the trip down to a warmer climate in the winter. I just think something that this trip made me realize is how materialistic we are. Even like I don't even consider myself like a super materialistic right, person. Right, yeah. Like I, I mean, compared to most people, like I'm not like a big like brand name person and like that kind of thing. Like. So I, I see myself as fairly minimalistic, but like whenever you're out there and the only things that you own that are things that are necessary for survival and you don't own anything else and everything's dirty and muddy and all you're doing is just living and surviving and building fires so you can keep warm and just eating like crappy food and like, I don't know, there's something about that that makes me realize like we, like everything that I do have in my home is so unnecessary and I don't know. It's unnecessary to just. It's it's unnecessary for your existence. Like like just for you to live. Most of the stuff you, is that what you're kind of getting at? Yeah, and like why do why do we do that in a sense? An example, it's comfortable. An honestly. example to drive that point home was us making fire. I started with uh, like a little ball of kindling, yeah. and then a flint and steel, and I was trying to light it with the flint and steel, and I probably spent like two minutes on it, and I was like, ah, okay, whatever, and I just grabbed the lighter and I lit it. 
But if you don't, like, you have to use the flint and steel, that's, that, that, like, if you don't get that lit. It's stressful. That's your fire. Like, that's yeah. your warmth. That's your food. Yeah. That's, that's essentially your life, honestly. Yeah. But, like, if, if you're talking about people who actually, like, did this for, like, a living, fire was the essence of life. Like, fire was, yeah, warmth and everything. But without that, the fire was your lifeline. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's how you cooked your food. That's how you boiled your water. That's how you... You know, kept warm if it was cold. It, it was everything. I wonder how fire was like invented. Like who, who, who was the Dude. person that was just like, I'm gonna hit this rock against this rock, and it's gonna make spark, and then I'm gonna light stuff. Did you ever read the hatchet? No. Yeah. Oh no, I did, just, but I don't remember it. Just took an axe right to the rock. That's who discovered it. Oh, he did. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> axe to rock, baby. Yeah, but like they, they even think about when fire was actually invented. Right. They didn't have an axe. They had two rocks. They might have had like a spear or something. Made out of rock. Yeah. <laughs> it's two rocks. I don't know. That that's going back to that like I don't know pe- period of thinking. That that is just mind blowing to me that like people needed to survive and like figure these things out. And I mean we talked about like what westward expansion back whenever that was i don't know what time period was that casey like pioneer expansion yeah yeah like the pioneers you had some westward expansion like as soon as people hit they were heading like westwards like pennsylvania and stuff and then after that i think your big western expansion were like end of the 1700s beginning of the uh, mm-hmm. 1800s pocahontas or sacagawea yeah that kind of stuff Sac- yeah As, yeah like the even like pilgrims and everything like that thought of like leaving everything that you know that you call home and, and going somewhere that you know, something yeah, else. yeah, and just building something from nothing where nothing exists. Right, that that sentiment is so cool to me. I agree. Like, I think that is like bad to the bone. I have a lot of respect for that. Mm-hmm. Me too. Because I don't think there's many people today that would uproot themselves from their life. We actually even talked about that. People today that are doing that. Yeah. That that's crazy. Like there, there's. There's stories, I don't know where you find them, but like of people that had a nine to five, they were making a lot of money and they were like, I hate this. And the one, the one I remember exactly is he bought a huge plot of land in Alaska and then just the plane landed and he just started walking Hmm. and he found his plot of land. And then he, from there built his house. And I was like, that's crazy. So cool. And that's, that's nowadays. That's not old. Like right, that's right. 21st century. Is, were you in the 21st? Yeah. Yeah. 21st century. 21st century. Like the dude's just doing it to, to completely uproot and change your entire lifestyle going from the nine to five, living in a city, that kind of life to I'm going to go try and live and survive. Yeah. So not even just survive. It's like you said, like go out and live, like thrive. Yeah. Go out, build a house out of, with your hand tools. I, I make don't. more tools with the hand tools you already have. <laughs> I think I could attempt it. I don't think I would succeed. Like I could build stuff. I I know enough about carpentry and stuff like that, but I don't think I would thrive. The, the funny thing about like settlement carpentry and stuff is it's not terribly complicated. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you look into it, it's legitimately like the actual actions of it. You could teach a monkey to do. It's the actual like. I think it's it's more like what's behind it. That's the hard part. Like. I'm out here by myself. If I don't do this. With some hand tools. And that's how I'm going to build a house. And if I don't build a house, I will be dead. I think I think that part I can do. I think farming. I don't got it. Don't necessarily even have to farm. 
Yeah, you could just hunt, but like, I just. Uh... That's something that I don't think we can even comprehend, and that's like what I talked about whenever we were hiking is. In the Bible, it talks about, like, look at the birds of the air, how they don't worry about, like, this and that. And, like, we don't really have to worry about anything. Like, we know that we can go to the grocery store and we can buy food. But, like, that verse would be so much uh, – you'd be able to resonate with that verse so much more if you even had a taste of, like, that type of lifestyle of, like, I need to go out and kill something. And if I don't kill something, my family's going to starve. Well, so even if you look – not even, like – pre-industrial revolution if you look just a hundred years ago that verse had more meaning to it because mm-hmm. like back then even though you had like expansion and like the industrial revolution and like you know production line stuff it was still more difficult than it is now yeah to get a hold of things yeah people were you know that's why people flocked to cities like well this might be my only chance to provide for my family you know, yeah whole thing it's like it's just so easy now i think that's one of the things that like really kills me about our culture and society everything's just handed to us and it's so easy there's no sense of like insecurity i mean i guess i I shouldn't say in 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 my personal life i mean there are folks that do struggle with that kind of thing but like as far as like food insecurity goes and like that type of thing yeah like i mean you know that there's there's food somewhere you know like you're not really gonna starve and not to say that some people don't struggle with that i mean i do know it's a thing but like by and large like it's just it's it's not out there nearly as much as like having to stress about what am I going to kill tomorrow and cook over the fire that I made, and like we are just so comfortable as a people and we're never I mean who knows maybe we'll have to experience something like that someday I kind of hope not in a sense but the other side of me says like That's I know good. you feel Let's that way it. too Casey would be Let's like hey it. let it be as it be I mean, yeah it's not something you should necessarily probably even wish for because like. Because we're kind of preaching from the top of a pile of gold yes. here. Yes, Absolutely. exactly. But we're like, sitting, we're sitting in my room with a three hundred dollars soundboard with yeah, microphones. Yeah, exactly. yeah. We're we're basically major hypocrites. And yes. Yeah. That's that's the hundred percent truth. But when you when it comes down to it, people do worry about losing their comfort. I mean, but at the end of the day, it's like as it is above, so it is below. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. I I said I was talking about this the other day. That's kind of the reason why I go on missions trips. When I, when I go on these trips, I don't touch my phone. And my mom hates it because I don't call her the whole time. Like in, back in, where did I, when did I go? June. Back in June, the whole month I was there didn't touch my phone. Other than to take notes, for, like to journal, because I didn't my, my bag didn't actually show up. Which was a whole nother form of, I'm in another country. I have nothing <laughs> other than the stuff I had on my backpack as carry-on. And that was right, right. one change of clothes and a phone charger. Like, that was it. And so it, when I'm on these trips, I don't mess with my phone. And I get as engulfed in these, uh, not communities, um, cultures. Cultures. Okay. I, get, I get as I engulfed gotcha. in these cultures as possible so that I can really understand it. And like I told you guys today, I made tortillas down there. And I was like, okay, so they're, they're handing me the already pre-made, like, dough for the tortilla. I don't know if it's dough, but they hand it to me, and I went, and I just did exactly what they did. And then we cooked them, and you could tell exactly which one was mine. And it was like, this wasn't even a hard thing. You just <laughs> slap it between your hands. How did they make one that was so much better? And theirs tasted better, but it was the same exact thing. And I was like, I, yeah, I don't know how to do this stuff. But they're doing it day in and day out. And I, I've seen people that are struggling like that. And that is why I actually do love that part of missions. 
because I get to see it mm-hmm. and I get to be a part of it for a while. But what I also said today was, I know I'm going home. Mm-hmm. The only way to truly experience something like that is to know there is no home to go back to. Yeah, an unhindered, like, untainted experience. Like, we knew we were going to get pizza. Like, yeah, we, yeah, we you know knew. What I mean? Like, what if what if you didn't know what your next meal was going to be and we're eating hard tag? You know what I mean? Dude, what would we have done if we got back and my truck wasn't there? Because my <laughs> phone was dead. <laughs> I think there was a phone at the park ranger station, actually. I think we probably could have waved someone down. There were people driving around. Yeah. So. Like, even then, we weren't even that bad off. It's like, yeah. oh, we got to go into Oil City now. Yeah. Yeah. So, how about, you know, just, I don't know what, what time we're at now, but how about, like, you know, just end things on, like, kind of a organized note. Like, what was, like, one takeaway that you had from Because I don't one think... One thing you loved, one thing you hated? Well, kind of, but it's like, it's like, maybe something, it could be that. Something, maybe something you loved or hated. Maybe something that, like, you learned that you didn't expect to learn. Just, just what did you take away from this trip that, I mean, I don't think any of us have done anything like this recently or not recently so like what was one takeaway you had from this trip time for me was like the good thing where i realized that like time is not an actual limitation when you're not in the like real world i guess Mm -hmm. like i got not the real world but like the the world of business and like people have to be on time and all that when we were out there time didn't matter it was we need to get here before it's dark and i think that was something to me that was like this is interesting it's a different it's a different way than i usually live my life like i have uh echo dot in here i'm not going to say her name because then she'll do something but i and i have her set alarms for me constantly mm-hmm. and i'm like okay i need to do this then i need to leave an hour before so i can get to there and when we were out there it was just you start hiking and then you finish hiking. Right. And I wasn't going to start any alarms for you. Yeah. <laughs> I actually almost told you the night before, Casey, set an alarm for when we wake up in the morning. And then I was like, I said, you wonder what words I would have had for if you had. <laughs> I was like, we'll just wake up with the sun. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I don't know. As far as my takeaway goes, I don't know. I guess just that entire um, refreshing sentiment that I shared earlier on like, I don't know, just getting out and just getting disconnected is something that's pretty much the entire premise of this entire kind trip. Of like a misery can also be comforting in a way. Yes. Exactly. A lot of our trip was miserable. <laughs> right. Miserable conditions rather. Yeah, I, yeah. I love forcing myself to be miserable sometimes. Yeah. That I mean, I don't know like what exactly that takeaway is, but that's just something that like I think that um folks that don't experience are kind of missing something. Perhaps there can be an enjoyment and struggle kind of thing. Yeah absolutely fair enough uh, yeah th- I love how you just said that I, I'm sure I've heard you say that before something similar but that's a enjoyment in struggle what about you Casey um, I, I agree with pretty much all the sentiments all around that we went we kind of like we already did kind of talk about takeaways but something that kind of surprised me and it was it was only in hindsight because we'd all say it but it was like how you can just kind of press forward with a group of people and they're all just as miserable as you are. Yeah. But nobody says anything because they don't want to be the one out. <laughs> yeah. It was like how the people that you're with can be a motivator in ways you don't expect. Like, cause you don't want to be the one that's like, uh, I don't want my hips are hurting. We got to stop <laughs> or, you know, slow the pace down. It's like, well, they're doing it. So I'm going to do it too. There were definitely, I was definitely the guy that was like, all right, pause. 
I need a minute because I was I was genuinely scared I was gonna pull my muscle. So I was like, I just need to give me a second and we can keep going. I just, I just thought it was cool to like just to see like because if if any of us were on our own at that point, we probably would have started feeling like pain or something. Like, eh, I'm gonna stop for a second. But absolutely, since all three of us were there, it was like, well, I'm not gonna be the reason we stop. And and the fact that Matt was running, yeah, I was trying to up my pace, and it was rough. <laughs> yeah, no, that that was my big like my surprising takeaway, not my big one it was kind of the same thing as Matt would be my big takeaway yeah but my surprising one was like when you're with a group of like kind of like-minded but like same with a similar goal and motivation what you can actually accomplish well that's I said this to Annalise the other night I was like the people in my life that I've cared about the most are the people that I've spent a week with day in and day out and we like there's no other option like church camp those kids that I counsel and then the other staff, they, they mean so much to me because I've spent weeks and weeks with them day in and day out with no other outside force or anything. And in that time period, you get the good, the bad, the ugly. Mm-hmm. And once you've gone through the good, the bad, the ugly with someone, it builds something there. Yeah. And yeah. I like that, that's, I think that's kind of what Similar, you're feeling. Yeah. yeah. But I, I, I love that feeling of just you feel connected to someone now because of it. Like yeah. mission trips and all kinds I wasn't, of stuff. Like I, was, I mean, I don't disagree. I wasn't kind of going for the connection. It was like, it was more just what you can accomplish as a group as opposed to one mm-hmm. single person was just surprising. Yeah. Uh, Which says a lot about some of the folks that do that, like solo camping. I couldn't do it. Solo yeah. backpacking. I don't know There's if I could either. Incredible willpower, as it turns out. I yeah. Think, I think I'd give up. Yeah, but if you're if you're just, you know, I think that there's something special because like, Jesus went out into the desert to pray by himself for forty days and forty nights. Right. It's a long time. And there was no pizza at the end for him. Right. But like what <laughs> Maybe I'm saying, some hard tag. I, I think no I think that there's something almost on like a um, spiritual level that if you are by yourself with no other human interaction that you have to connect with something to feel some type of intimacy with outside of just human contact that I think would be extremely, I don't want to say enlightening, but like refreshing in a sense to not, to, to connect, to, to not be able to connect with anything aside from the squirrels and the chipmunks. And like, that's something Mm -hmm. that like the lady that we watched on YouTube talking about her, how long was her 1500 miles 1500 mile hike like that that's something that she talked about like how she saw the seasons change and like the animals and like how the animals were living in the same habitat that she was and they as cheesy as it sounds they almost come to be like your friends in a sense Mm -hmm. but i mean it makes sense because if you spend that much time in nature with nothing but nature it's inevitable that you're going to connect with it at least in some capacity and like that mm-hmm. is something that like I think would be really really cool someday to try on your own even if it was just for like a weekend or something just you nobody else nothing else man made just you and nature and the things that it takes for you to survive I think would be really really like a cool experiment it'd be rough it would I think that's the point though yeah it is um, we don't learn anything <clears throat> sitting underneath our roofs in our comfy beds no actually this is something interesting I think it was Nietzsche that said this I'm not advocating for any necessarily any of his philosophies but he said <laughs> pretty much this isn't a direct quote but pretty much what it came down to he said you shouldn't do any of your thinking or reading or learning underneath a roof you should do it outside <laughs> because you can't trust what you learn indoors 
That's kind of weird, but I understand it. You know, you, yeah, it's, it's kind of like, because you're in a different mindset when you're outside. Yeah. When you're inside, you're in a certain, like, you know, kind of a, as cringy as it sounds, it's kind of like a, a safer space, uh-huh. if you want to put it into modern terms. Mm-hmm. It's like, this is my home. This, you know, even if it's not your home, it's like, in here, I'm designated for this. But when you go outside, you're learning in an open environment. Something yeah. that's indefinitely open. Uh, yeah. I think that's something. That's interesting. Hmm. I've never done that. I don't think I've ever, like, read a book or anything outside or anything. Like I like that. to do a lot of my reading outside. Hmm. Hmm. I have to try that once it stops snowing. No, do it right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, well, we're at an hour and two minutes. we got to get you guys out of here because it is bed. dumping down the snow. I am going to pass out. I can't wait to use my snow tires. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> so, any last? We kind of did our last, but anything? Nope. Bye. I said, get out there and walk. Get out there and walk. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. Get out there, do something. Matt is trying to stand up, and it is causing a lot of pain. I think my knees are going to be swollen tomorrow. I can feel my knees. Yeah. Good thing we're not like Casey and have to do something physical for work. (laughs) Don't remind me. (laughs) But this has been the Comic Chaos Podcast, episode 40. Go follow us on Instagram at the Calm and Chaos Project, period, between all of those words. Thanks for listening. Get outside. We'll see you next time. If you're outside, you probably shouldn't be on Instagram.